This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing Julie's wild night out at the MTV Movie and TV Awards as well as a major Meghan Markle appearance. Angelina Jolie's unusual outing with Shiloh and Brad's week spent at the national parks. Plus, a Cindy Crawford-related surprise for George Clooney. (laughs) But first, last night Julie spent at, um, I'm actually not even sure where it was held, some auditorium, where was it? It was at the Shrine Auditorium, which is on the USC College campus. And it was for the MTV Movie and TV Awards, um, and which like formerly known as the MTV Movie Awards, but I guess now they incorporated TV. And I only know this because when I watched on my DVR uh, last night, they like, kept making such a point of noting how like they were honoring TV shows this year. But Julie, how was it? I want to hear all about it. I went in with a lot of reluctance. I I would say it was like a Sunday afternoon. I didn't really feel like dressing up. Uh, But the great thing about the MTV Movie Awards is you can literally wear anything. I saw women in, like, jeans, full-length pink fur coats, fedoras, people had T-shirts on. Like, men were wearing sparkly heels and, like, walking in them better than I can. Because, yeah, it's a a confusing award show in that way. Like, I feel like even the celebrities were all dressed. Like, some were wearing, you know, like, gowns and, like, you know, nice suits and then others were wearing t-shirts i feel like it's a confusing attire for that award show right especially because it was pouring rain Mm. so i had to run like three blocks in pouring rain my hair was completely wet by the time i got in it was not a good look but it was it was a much nicer award show in terms of size because the shrine auditorium only has like six thousand seats i guess Mm. It felt very intimate, and it was nice because they had an open bar and concession stand. Oh, my stand. God. I'm so jealous because I feel like none of the award shows we've been to together or apart have had that before. And I love the MTV Awards because no one makes a show of, like, putting away their cell phone at all. <laughs> People just had their cell phones out the entire time, like, even the nominees. How many, like, teen moms did you bump into over the course of the night? Like, I feel like that that, that must just be, like, a constant stream of, like, MTV D-list reality stars who are just, like, floating around the whole auditorium. I realized that this was, like, really their night out. It was, like, <laughs> yeah. their Oscars. I, <laughs> I saw a couple of the original teen mom cast members like going up to the bar one i think it might have been like amber portwood oh, yeah. was wearing this white 
gown. Like it looked very <laughs> bridal. And you know what? It wasn't like her night. So why why shouldn't she wear that? But it was a very interesting like intersection of celebrities, which including our girl Allison Williams, who like in my opinion <laughs> deserves all of the MVP awards because one, she was one of the biggest stars. But two, I was watching her. I was in the balcony and she was kind of on the floor at a table and she just acted so engaged and happy for every single winner. She was really, really feeling it. Could you get a sense of which celebrities the millennials and audience were most into? Like, was there anyone they got like really excited to see or that when they came on stage, like freaked out? I thought it was interesting that people talked through Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> that must have been your highlight, I assume. Seeing that was Martha my and highlight. Snoop. I yeah. like almost got up and started like shouting at people to sh- turn like I don't know. I probably feel like twenty percent of that audience knew who Martha Stewart was, and that's like a generous prediction. I feel. <laughs> there was a guy behind me wearing a pink suit who, like every award, they would say like, "And next up is best kiss or best hero," and this guy could not get over the fact that these were actually category names. I mean, I couldn't either. Pitbull? Can we talk about Pitbull and why he always dances wearing gloves? <laughs> Wait, does he? I didn't even know that fun fact. <laughs> Wait, like like white gloves, like Butler in a Buckingham Palace style? It's like he's wearing OJ gloves <laughs> while performing, like amidst twenty scantily clad backup dancers. And, that, and Camilla Cabello came like falling from the ceiling. I saw in like flames, maybe. See, I didn't know who any of these people were either. I felt so old. I mean, also, Miley's younger sister. Did you see that? Well, that was also crazy to me. I'm like, I can't believe now we're on like another Cyrus who like is sort of beta B version of Miley. And now we're just like starting over. Like we're all just going to do that. I don't really understand. I, did you watch? Were you yeah, no, I, I mean, I see I DVR'd so I could like skim through certain elements. You actually not fast forward. Through, I watched like, the whole you- I watched that whole intro. How did that play in the room? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> that was quite that was quite something. So for you, those of you who didn't watch, the host Adam Devine, Devine, how do you say his name? I don't know. Um, Unclear. He's he, a workaholic. He played. Yeah, he's from Workaholics. He played the Beast, and it was very like the like the. I just feel like for that kind of award show, it was like weirdly and a lot of production kind of elements. And they had Haley Steinfeld come out as Belle. Then Rebel Wilson came on as that teacup woman. Teacup woman, oh, Disney fans, are uh, yeah, Disney Outrage. fans, and like Mrs. Potts. Right? Oh yeah, Mrs. Potts. But like the whole thing was bizarre, kind of, and it like wasn't super funny per se, or at least funny isn't the word I would necessarily, you know, wasn't the first adjective that was coming to mind. And then oh, Josh Gad was involved, who was in I guess Beauty and the Beast, the movie. So I guess that made some crossover sense. But uh, yeah, how did people react to that opening in the room? It was very disconcerting for me because I wasn't really excited to get there. I I was getting there after they had already shut the doors, cutting it close. I had just run through pouring rain. It never rains in Los Angeles, so I was not prepared. I had like my leather jacket. Yeah, what were you, what were you wearing? Leather jacket. Leather jacket, heels, and like a black stretchy jumpsuit that Ooh. is casual. Yeah. So anyway, I run in and the security guard wasn't going to let me into the balcony. So I know he said I was going to have to wait. And I'm sure you you were so heartbroken to miss any of it. (laughs) But so I ran down to the other door just because I thought this is going to be like the most exciting part of the show. 
And the girl said, no, you can't come in. I said, well, I'm just going to walk past you. You know, you did your job. You said that I can't go past. But yeah. I, if I just, so I like busted in. I had to break in. So I'm wet, completely wet. I open this door and then whatever his name is, Adam Devine is in a beast. It was very, very confusing. Like, like, did I walk like, into the like community theater like door by like at USC's campus by accident? <laughs> I the mean, stage was like on fire. There were yeah. dancers, like chandeliers on their head. Um, I was very confused. You know, you know who was loving it though? Cause I, you probably, I don't know if they showed cutaways where from where you were sitting, but Emma Watson was having a blast. That was another issue for me, <laughs> just because the <laughs> that was started- another as if there's only yeah. Let, I mean, how many can we list in the amount of time we have? <laughs> yeah. They started out with Beauty and the Beast. This whole production, Haley Steinfeld was in the, the audience. Bell, yeah. Ball gown bells went up there, and then they announced the first award, which was Best Actor in a Movie. And it was Emma Watson, who is Belle. I don't know. It just felt like very staged. Oh, so you think they knew? Well, yeah, I feel like those. these are the kind of award shows where I always imagine they tell the celebrities to come because they're going to win something. I don't think like Taraji P. Henson's like good dream Sunday night is coming to watch Noah Cyrus sing. But they were like, oh, Hidden Figures is going to win whatever that award was. Wow, so what a night you had. I kind of wish you had gotten a selfie with Vin Diesel, but, you know, I guess there's no... I mean, me too. But my MVP of the evening was I went to the ladies room and there was this girl, this was like 20 minutes into the show, just la- napping on this couch in like the women's lounge area. Could not be bothered, did not care who won, you know. And it was and it was and it was Emma Watson. <laughs> no, just just kidding. That sounds actually like an idyllic way to spend the night and probably quiet. Right. I don't know. So next next year we'll go together. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that is the time to get wild. Uh, we could do like matching looks, I feel. Or we could do Beauty and the Beast. So next year that won't be cool. Um, I feel like we would also, it would be good to do like a Brad and Angie. Remember when they did the matching tuxes? Oh, yeah. I feel like, I don't. do we want to waste that look on the MTV Movie and TV Awards? <laughs> Speaking of couples that made their grand debuts or something like that. Uh, speaking of couples not quite as glamorous as Josh and Julie, Meghan Markle. So we haven't checked in with Meghan for a bit, and I know some of our listeners have been upset about that, but it's as if Meghan knew, and she was you know, yearning for us to discuss her once again, because she went to not one, but both days of a polo tournament this weekend that Prince Harry was participating in, which Julie, how into someone do you have to be to not go to just one day of a polo tournament, but you go to both days just to watch them, but you don't even get to talk to them. You just have to watch them running around on this horse. But right, I know if you were playing, I'm, I'm trying to decide how much of that tournament I would go to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I mean, or I would just like, you know, put in my one minute of FaceTime and hit the bar. But <laughs> <laughs> but she looked the part. What did you make of this whole I mean, there was so many photos. She was wearing these sunglasses. She had this kind of white chic jacket hanging off her shoulders. And the other notable thing about the weekend was that a lot of the British papers that wrote this up noted that she was standing next to this man named Mark, who is um, like known to be Harry's second father. Like he's a very important figure in Harry's life. So the fact that she was like right next to him and watching was a big deal. And then also they were photographed kissing after this stuff on Sunday like kind of weirdly, like they were between two cars outside in some parking lot area. It's my feeling that they must have known. At this point, Harry has a pretty good sense, I'm sure, 
having been to a million polo matches that, you know, the photographers and paparazzi come to, like where you can kiss someone and be caught and where you can kiss someone and not be caught. So my feeling was like this was all a very strategic weekend of like Megan hairiness to kind of get the public feeling more comfortable with them. But what was your feeling about all of this? Well, more comfortable, especially considering Pippa's wedding is in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. So so it seemed to me like a strategic sort of, you know, this wedding's happening in two weeks. We have to get used to this. I mean, I saw some people saying maybe they're already engaged and they're just keeping it a secret that like somehow this is very serious and that this all the all the shenanigans this weekend were of a very clear guys, these two are here to stay and it's on. But maybe it wasn't that strategic. I don't know. I always feel bad and assuming somehow that everything is so like Machiavellian like plot out, you know. I I feel like if they were actually engaged, that would have been leaked somehow, right? Yeah, like implying, no, that's true. And I guess we've talked about this before, but the idea of them getting engaged before Pippa's wedding seems kind of a a little bit of a one-upping thing that wouldn't quite be looked at in a great way. I could see like Harry proposing, not realizing that you're not supposed to do that, like right before someone's wedding. And then like Megan or the palace telling them that they have to keep it under wraps. That is a good call. Like, like guys, Harry didn't think that. Through. Yeah. Harry's like, wait, why? Why would Pippa care? Like Pippa's good. Pippa will be fine. Pippa's ever cares. Pippa's Harry- chill. <laughs> what do you think Harry's proposal strategy is going to be? Well, I don't know. I mean, this weekend really made me feel... I was looking at the, like, awkward 30 photos of the two of them, like, embracing and kissing. And I was kind of... I don't know. There's this something... And I don't know why, Julie, but there's something in the back of my head that still doesn't quite feel like it's all going to work out. Like, I don't know. It's just... It's all very fast i guess i don't know still hasn't been a year since they've been together Uh, who knows what any of them are really thinking or doing but the independent woman in me (laughs) almost wants to advise megan like are you really sure you want to give up your lifestyle blog are you really sure you want to give up your instagrams like for harry is he really worth it and she's gonna have to give up her career on suits and like i was looking at her in this whole kind of persona like doing the whole kate middleton of you know you're in the audience at the polo match and like i don't know i'm like is that gonna be thrilling to you in five years megan you know i mean like maybe (laughs) but i I just want her to yeah exactly i have the exact feeling you have i just want to make sure hopefully she has a good support system and they're like doing the devil's advocate routine on her oh my gosh i almost i wish there was a movie where you like flew in (laughs) you intervened like does anyone have any objections to this uh man and woman getting married Megan like remember how much you liked Roger you know Wormwood from like camp (laughs) we're gonna have to crowdfund a plane ticket for you when they finally do get wedding because you're gonna be the one who stands up in that church (laughs) with the objection see I'd feel better about all of this if it was half and half like the, the weekends they weren't doing this he was going to watch her on set on suits or like he was taking her to the farmer's market I mean maybe they are doing those things and they aren't photographed but like right because you know that that TMZ cameraman <laughs> got that assignment and he was like, no, I'm sick. He does not want to go to the suit set. <laughs> There's never been a photo taken on the suit set. They can't get any paparazzi to do it. I mean, obviously we're only seeing certain moments of a probably very complex multi-layered relationship. <laughs> I'm sure. But this just doesn't, I don't know. She's so in the like role. Also, I think it's partly also I'm watching, it's taking me eight years when I'm watching The Crown season one still. <laughs> 
It's like, what a- are you doing? Are you like stopping every five minutes? To- I watch one episode every like four months. I was waiting for, I don't know. I was like watching with my parents. We were kind of waiting to watch it together. Anyway, I watched episodes like this past weekend where Princess Margaret, the Queen's sister, she's like makes her whole plea to be with this guy, Peter Townsend. And then Elizabeth is like, no, like eventually. I mean, she kind of wants her to be with him, but then she's like, no, you can't do it. Like overshadows what I'm doing. And I was like, wow, this is so, so many modern parallels here. Well, it's not just overshadows what she's doing. (laughs) There's the whole issue of like Catholic church and you can't get married to someone who's been divorced. I just just glossed over like like 800 years, like important like church history. There's like, there's like legitimate reasons of like why they didn't want them to be together. But I just kept Queen Elizabeth, (laughs) that like attention hound. Yeah. (laughs) Could not bear to be at stage. That that was part of it though, wasn't it? I mean, they, they hinted it in the show. Who knows if that actually happened in real life. Like everywhere they go, everyone was taking pictures of Peter Townsend, and all the girls were like cheering for him. I was kind of thinking how like it's like how Megan's going to get all this attention at Pippa's wedding more than probably like you know Kate and William and whoever else. Right. I just I don't know. Megan has a career going for herself. She had all these. Didn't she have like sponsorship deals that she had to give up yeah. for Harry? Yeah, she was doing like. God, how do I forget what this was? It's something very like specific. Substantial. So, <laughs> not the word I was going to use. She's like doing like a stunt stationery, but I feel like she wasn't working for a postal office. That's so wrong. <laughs> but it was like something, <laughs> something like that. It's something so weird. Like when you, I'll, I'll find it. We'll talk about this in the next episode. She had like, postal. <laughs> she was delivering mail. <laughs> Can you picture her driving one of those white trucks? It's so not that. It's like, I I want, first I thought maybe she worked for her parents' party planning service. Maybe it's like a PR office. Gosh, we'll look up next time. Also, you've had an interesting Megan link that someone scavenged up this photo of her in a wedding dress from like this romantic comedy she was in. Um, oh, was it from a romantic comedy? I looked at the headline and then <laughs> didn't even bother skimming past that. Just like a Megan mobile over there. But yeah. A Megan gossip drive by. I don't know. This wedding isn't I'm feeling like stressed out. I don't know. See, I feel like I need to just get all in and get excited for Megan, which I will. And I know, you know, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure all's great. I just want to make sure she's making the right choice. It's just because I'm looking out for her is is really what's going on. I really want to hear what like our listeners think. Do we think Megan's making the right decision? Are you guys as concerned as Josh is? Yeah. Um, and like, what did you think of the polo photos? I don't know. She looked to be, you know, honestly, unless, I mean, she's an actress, who knows, but she looked to be having a good time at the polo match. <laughs> what do you think? Wow. Well, you were actually at a Prince Harry polo match. How exciting was it? I did not watch one thing happening in the match. I tried to get someone to explain it to me and then turned right to the champagne. <laughs> because, like, it's so confusing. And By the way, super violent. Like, you kind of, like, bang the horses. And, it, like, I had flashbacks to back in the day when my parents took me to the circus and I had to make them leave because I didn't like how they were treating the, the elephants. Like, I just, I find that stuff really hard to watch. Like, I'm like, are the horses enjoying this? <laughs> so, right. it, it was hard for me to handle. All right, let's move on to Angelina Jolie. (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. What was Angelina Jolie up to this weekend? It was very unusual. I really love this story. So last week, as you guys know, Brad Pitt um, did his first interview. Mm-hmm. It was with GQ. First interview since the divorce. And he kind of talked about the family and his drinking problems. But he was all over the internet last week. Mm-hmm. And then I love that Angelina kind of countered that by going to a renaissance <laughs> fair with Shiloh. And so you read the headline and the headline is like one thing like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But then TMZ has a photo that just everybody should stop what they're doing right now and type in TMZ Angelina Jolie Ren Fair because there's a photo of Angelina in like full black aviator sunglasses head to toe, like black gothic wear boots in this renaissance fair. So there are all these women in like medieval flowing dresses and she's holding a huge turkey leg. And she looks really happy, which I think, you know, why wouldn't she look happy? She has this turkey leg, but like she... I love on the the script it says in all caps from Josh, and why (laughs) wouldn't you be happy if you were Angelina Jolie and had a turkey leg in your hand? It's a hard question to respond to. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty great. (laughs) The combo of being Angelina Jolie and holding the turkey leg. But it's like, whose idea was it to go to the Renaissance Fair? Does she look through the newspaper? Like, what's going on in Los Angeles this week? (laughs) Yeah, and also I was confused. It was also an interesting element to this report that TMZ was explaining that they didn't know. So they they identified Shiloh, and then there was other kids there, but they couldn't identify if the other kids were other Angelina children. As if Angelina just picked up a group of school kids and like brought them to the Renaissance Fair. Like like I'm like how is this how is this so hard to identify? Like I was so confused. They're like the most documented children. <laughs> no. But like they know for sure Shiloh was there. But yeah, a really interesting choice. Angelina at a Renaissance Fair. I guess it makes some sense. If I was gonna say she would, you know it, it's not the most discordant uh celebrity plus location combo I've ever come across in it, right? I mean, she kind of was dressed in that black garb. What is, then? If you told me Angelina took them to, like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Where would be super weird? Oh, uh, you're gonna have to finish this out. I like, really a, like a roller skating rink, or like a, um, I was about to say bubblegum field, but that's not, like, a thing. Like, I don't know, something, something like, super jolly, you know? Uh, or, um... Uh, the batting range the batting range the golf range or actually i could batting kind of see cage. that batting <laughs> batting gauges batting, batting gauges <laughs> like that would be unusual this kind of seems like thematic i could see them dressing they think don't they like to dress up remember when they all designed her wedding dress like they all get up to that weird artistic stuff <laughs> but I don't know. The turkey leg threw me off. Is that like a... Have you been to a Renaissance Fair, Julie? No, but I really want to go like next weekend with you and just recreate that entire experience. That, uh, if anyone's been, like, let us know on Twitter or whatever. Like, what? How? Like, I don't get it. Like, what's the purpose of the turkey leg? And I also want to know the intersection between Renaissance cosplayers, Renaissance Fair people, and, like, Angelina Jolie fans. Was there anyone there that was super pumped to, like, see the Joust and see Angie? (laughs) Funny, too, that I bet 
you know, it's actually probably a good place for her to go because I just highly doubt that many people there have any clue who Angelina Jolie is. I mean, maybe I'm making wildly, you know, baseless assumptions about, I don't even know. I barely even know what a Renaissance Fair is. But like the fact that people there is just, I'm so the sense I got from the TMZ photos, I'm like, this does not look like a scene of anyone who's that up on like the current goings on in the world of celebrity and pop culture. What's happening? That was the craziest noise I've ever heard. It sounded like it got modulated like a crazy alien. <laughs> I actually kind of want to keep that because it's so crazy. Is that, is that what it's going to sound like, Jordan? <laughs> oh my goodness. That was so scary. It was like channeling oh Angela Jolie and like her scariest <laughs> witch vibe. Oh my God. Okay. Maybe that, maybe that was Angelina like <laughs> taking over my body oh. and trying to send you a message. But I can't see her. The thing I can't see her doing would be taking the kids to play miniature golf and then doing all 18 holes with the kids. Mm, I can't right? see that either. Wait, so what did you make of the Brad pictures did you see them in the gq style piece i think you and i both had the same thought which was like wow he had a lot of time on his hands <laughs> to do an eight he... day photo shoot julie and i both know from doing these kind of the high profile of a celebrity kind of assignments that eight days is that's a long shoot for any celebrity to agree to so yeah like for a star of that caliber, they're usually very reluctant to give up like a half day. So the fact that he was willing to do an eight day tour de force, he must have seen it as a cathartic thing for him. I mean, it looked that way. He was really getting into the shoes like he was in sand pits. He was really getting physical about it. And then before we move on from Brangelina, I was reading the story this weekend. I just loved this little passage. So they asked, it's like, a, it's written as a and a So the interviewer says, do you see yourself as having been successful, like over the course of his career? So Brad says, I wish I could just change my name. That's his answer. So then the interviewer says, come out as a new person. And then Brad says, like P. Diddy, I can be puffy now. Or what is Snoop now? Lion? I just felt like Brad was a misnomer. And now I just feel like fucking Brad. <laughs> it's like the saddest thing I've ever read. <laughs> I actually like screenshotted this immediately. And I was like, wow, I really am. I can't believe I'm like feeling things reading this like Brad Pitt Q&A. <laughs> that doesn't happen that often to me. Brad Pitt, I felt bad that one, he moved in with his friend yes. and slept on the floor. Doesn't he have a friend with a fold-out couch? And then is that really weird? Did you read that part also where he said like, and then TMZ got document or like somehow they figured out where he was staying? But it was more intense than TMZ, but they didn't know I was behind the wall. Right, there was something weird going on there. And then and who, also, and who is who do we think this friend is that he was staying with to to house Brad Pitt and his like moment of need and like high secrecy? Okay, sorry, I keep going. I know, but who is Brad Pitt's friend who can't afford, like, a fold-out couch? <laughs> yeah, who lives in, like, a one-bedroom? Yeah, good point. That's a weirdly unremarked-upon part of that story, that Brad Pitt would have a friend that he would be crashing with, that he was good enough friends with to do that, but that who wouldn't have, like, a guest room? Couldn't he get, like, a sleeping bag? I don't know. I was really, really concerned about that. His dog, Jacques, I was into. Oh, yeah, his, like, companion really through enjoyed- it all. But then I love that, like, this reporter comes in and Brad just happens to be making green tea. Do you think he staged that beforehand? Because he wanted the whole gist of the piece to be about, like, 
I thought it was that was a little much. Also, you always wonder with these kind of pieces, you know, all the stuff about not drinking and going to therapy. Like, you know, he, I feel like he had his stuff he wanted to get in there, you know. Um, he's definitely going for this whole, like, I'm a... I'm in, I'm in this period of transition and like, you know, introspection and kind of deep gratitude for the world around me. And I don't know. I mean, I guess there's no reason not to believe it, but. I wish GQ had asked him if he'd been in touch with Jen. Yes. Oh my God. I know. I wonder if Jen read the interview. Do you think she did? I think she definitely did, right? Yeah. Like while Justin Thoreau was out doing his Barry's boot camp class. I also well, wait, did you think that he just plays Call of Duty and Jennifer Aniston gets really kind of weirded out because that's like his social night. He he did some interview where he Yeah, when he, he said, when like, he's playing Call of Duty, she's like scrolling through the slideshow of Brad Pitt at the National Parks. <laughs> she's like, Brad, Brad's sculpting. She's like, he's a man of rena- a Renaissance man of artistic and you know. I don't know. J- Justin better watch out. Speaking of friends of Brad. Someone's uh, a friend who should have given Brad his house because, like, he's in London, so it should have or been one occupied. of his houses. I yeah. feel like this guy has George Clooney is who we're talking about. <laughs> he he had a surprise birthday over the weekend, and it's kind of an, a, a cute, interesting tale of how Amal Clooney surprised him, which I haven't seen actually get that much coverage yet. But maybe it will the rest of the day on the internet. But Julie, do you want to set the scene? George and Amal, who's pregnant, were in London. It was his birthday, uh, I think, 52nd birthday. Does that sound right? It wasn't like a big milestone birthday. But Amal coordinated with his best friend, Randy Gerben. Gerben? Gerber, I think. (laughs) Randy Gerber and his wife, Cindy Crawford, to fly out on the DL. And I guess when George came home... And this is the part where I have some questions. Randy was on the lawnmower. Yeah, so it says here in this in the E News report, it says Randy came from around the bushes, driving George's lawnmower, and pulled up beside George's car while Cindy was nearby in the garden cutting fresh flowers. <laughs> like this must be an inside joke. Something about gardening. Luck- this must be. And by the way, you can find this photo on Cindy Crawford's Instagram. Like you can see uh, Randy and like on the lawnmower while Cindy's like doing the flowers. And then luckily, the source tells the news George was totally surprised. Yeah, there must be some backstory there. Otherwise, it's such a weird surprise. No. Another eyebrow-raising uh, detail of the story was that Amal like commissioned a birthday cake <laughs> that replicated like the Casamigos tequila logo or something. Yeah, which- and, and like I'm sorry, <laughs> my sense of Amal is not jiving with this whole story. I was just reading this e-report about the surprise from Cindy and Randy. They posted some photo. They were all on this boat together. And then the cake. And I was like, this does not seem like a mall's bag. Just the idea of her dealing with the cake even seems strange to me. Right. But I feel like she would have done some sort of classy chocolate without like branding. Yeah. Like without the tequila branding. Also, like, she, I mean, not to mention all of this she's doing presumably while she's like eight months pregnant or something. She must be very close to having the kids, right? Right. Do you have any idea of what they're going to name the twins? Like if you were to bet a million dollars... I, I have this feeling today one's going to be named... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why this like came to me, but I thought one's going to be named Oliver. 
It just seems right. Oliver Clooney sounds good too, kind of. Julie's shaking her head right now with like so much disdain. And then it's wait, it's a boy and a girl, right? Or I just assume it's going to be a boy and a girl. I guess we don't even, do we know? I don't think we know. I don't know. I'm not sure for the girl. Oliver and I'm going to say Oliver and Chloe. What do you say? <laughs> that I gave such like, I took that so seriously. I feel like you know, you're really expecting some. There's no chance that Amal Clooney is going to name her Oscar Chloe. I think maybe <laughs> something with like a middle name of Rosemary for George's aunt, who I think he was close oh, to. I like the it's a girl. Re- I like the research elements here. Right. Oh, by the way, Josh, I didn't get to tell you I went bowling on Sunday night and I had just missed Kim and Kourtney Kardashian. What? <laughs> Wait, that's like, talk about burying the lead of this whole podcast. We have to re-record the whole thing now. <laughs> no, it's, what it was like just very- miss them. It was a very fancy like LA bowling alley where they had waiters coming to your... Oh, right. Um, I, I feel like I kind of like after many glasses of wine snapped you about this. Didn't you snap some celebrity related thing that Vin Diesel or someone had some trophy there? A bunch of people like signed bowling uh, pins. And of course, Vin Diesel didn't just sign it. He wrote like only strikes for me, <laughs> Vin. Um, you had a very so Vin, I- you had a Vin heavy weekend this weekend. Right. But I was chatting with the bartender because they have all of the security at the bowling alley, which just seems very weird. And I I asked if there was like a lot of crime there. And he was like, you would be surprised. And I said, well, I know. I said, well, who was the last celebrity that that you got really excited about? And he said, well, you just missed Kim and Courtney. And I could not believe it. They were in the first alley. I said, are they good bowlers? Yeah. What do you say? He said, no. So they didn't seem like they were that into the game. Wow, he, he was not like I feel like sometimes these like vendors try to like praise, but he was throwing them right under the bus. Also, I love that you were there later than Kim and Courtney. Like you guys were the main event. I know, but there was also like a party of eight year olds who <laughs> lasted longer than we did. So I wonder who Kim and Courtney were with. Is it like a really chic, fancy bowling alley? No, it's the same bowling alley that is in my hometown, except because it's in LA with proximity to celebrities. They have like security. There was this guy there who I think wanted to look like Chris Brown wearing gold contact lenses. It was intense. He sounds like he he should have gotten there at the time that Kim and Courtney were there to like make his plea. (laughs) I don't know. But next time you're out here, we have a whole list of activities. Yeah, we we really do. do. We really do. So that's a good question. Would you rather bowl with Kim and Courtney or uh, be invited to George Clooney's surprise party? Oh, I was going to say Renaissance Fair. Oh, or go with Angelina for the Ren Fair. What about you? I feel like you would rather go bowling. Mm, Especially knowing that Kim and Courtney were more like talking. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, I've never been I've never been a big bowling champion. Surprise, surprise. I feel like the Renaissance Fair with Angelina would be more of kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity <laughs> but you know i i wouldn't say no to any of them wow neither of us said clooney all right well, well i i feel like i would just be the fifth wheel because like george and yeah you yeah, know, they're, yeah they're so close with brandy and cindy oh, we didn't what talk, am i gonna 
we, we didn't talk about one last thing to for a closing note that happened over the weekend that we were both that shook us to our cores <laughs> over the weekend which is that you re- use that phrase so much i think it like i know and so- I ju- as i just said it i'm like i'm so overusing that so as to i did that with something else recently oh like i once said on the podcast i never say anything's iconic and then i noticed like someone called me out on it in a blog post or something that i've used the word a few times Reese Witherspoon posted a photo of her, Nicole Kidman, and Laura Dern. And she said, uh, she clearly knew what she was doing. I mean, she wrote as her caption, spending Sunday fun day with these ladies working on some new lies. Why would you write that? Unless somehow you knew there was going to be a second season. I guess E! News and other outlets were, I guess, told by HBO that it has nothing to do with a follow-up season, that this is just for a photo shoot they were doing. It could be for, like, I was thinking an Emmys for your consideration kind of photo shoot or something like that. Wow, Julie is giving a very suspect look right now. But I, mean, I don't think Reese Witherspoon would, like, bait big little lies fans like us that much. She did tell me, or Laura Dern said they were looking to follow up. Somehow, maybe it won't be a second season. Maybe it doesn't. Do. It doesn't feel like Reese. To, I agree. I feel like Reese is a straight shooter, you know? Like, I just sort of feel like she's going to tell me... I don't know. This doesn't feel good to me. I want Reese to either tell me it's happening or tell me it's not happening. <laughs> also, I noticed Shailene Woodley commented on it with like hearts. I don't know. The whole thing was like kind of intriguing. And then all the com- right. Why isn't Shailene part of this? And well, that's the thing. I don't know. And then all the comments were like season two, season two, season two. So I don't know. They they, they know what they're doing, and it just for some reason it like made me stressed out. I was like, pick a you know yes or no. But maybe they don't know. I don't know either. Wow, we're really ending this on like a note of despair. Josh <laughs> ends this uh, part of the script saying, in all gaps, don't toy with us, Reese, followed by like 30 exclamation points. I lo- so I agree with that, I really hope. There's a funny... But I don't think she would. Someday we'll post our script. I keep saying, I keep making promises that we never keep, by the way. I always say we're going to post this and do that. Never once have we posted anything. <laughs> but some, like our scripts, I always feel like we let out our like the deepest, darkest inner kind of angst we have. And then we try to right. channel it here and make it lighter. Oh, all right. <laughs> At the risk of going into further self-analysis. That does it for the week, this week's In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. And please remember to rate, review us, leave us notes. There was so much, actually, I feel like this episode to get feedback on. What, if you, how you think Megan, oh. what you think is going on with Megan, what else? <laughs> Other- Definitely what you think is going on with Megan, if you think they're already engaged. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If you've ever had an entertaining experience watching uh, Polo. Or at a Renaissance Fair. Also, let us know what you think of Reese's Instagram. And I feel like I get so somber talking about that. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. Uh, you can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We also have an Instagram, In the Limelight Pod. Uh, this episode was produced by Jordan Bell and edited by Afim Shapiro. Thanks to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you next week. Until then, no bad energy. <laughs>